climb the leather and hold it for someone else is today's guest's favorite quote. He's a neuroscience and physiology honors graduate and a fifth year medical student at UCT. Most of you know him as Utam Dizo. I know him as my classmate Ulukolo Mdolo and he is here today to chat with me about his journey on how he managed to get those brilliant marks in high school, his journey in medical school, how he managed to be a graduate while in medical school. And we're obviously going to talk about his social media career. As most of you know him from TikTok, so grab your seats, get you a cup of coffee, because this is about to be an inspirational episode. Hello, Getam Tiz. How are you doing today? Hey, well, thank you, Nasa. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> thank you so much for being here. You are literally the most requested guest on this podcast. <laughs> so these people were going to beat me if I didn't invite you here. And I'm so glad that you are finally here. Hey. And we're going to be talking more about who you are, your journey as a medical student, and your journey as Damtizo on social media. Because I know you're one of us who has sure. a lot of yeah. friends and a lot yeah. of people want to know mm. more about you. But first, before we get into anything, we're mm. going to do an icebreaker. Sure. So you're going to choose a number between 1 to 20 and I'll give you a question to answer. Ah, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So I choose, uh, let's say, uh, 17. So your question is... If there's anything you can change in this world, what would it be? Yo, anything yeah, it's I would change. Deep one. It's a very deep one because I think I would remove all the suffering. Mm. You know, um, the reason why I did medicine in the first place was because of how people suffered. I had this deep desire to alleviate that suffering, but the more I do medicine, the more I realize that you can't alleviate suffering mm. you can only try to reduce it and people are suffering in so many ways you can try to heal this part of them but they'll still be struggling financially yeah. you know they'll still be trying to find food trying to find jobs and in this world where there's so much war like if we can just remove that suffering that's what i would do like that's the most unrealistic i <laughs> Change. I mean, if, but like, imagine if nobody suffered in like, any way. We would be so happy yeah. though. But I feel like also we wouldn't um, strive for better. You know, we wouldn't true. wake up to work. We wouldn't Maybe try we to be better. To <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's Hello. a good plan. <laughs> that's a good plan. Okay. Oh, man. So tell us more. Who is Damtizo? Where is he from? That's a very packed question, hey? Like, it reminds me of these interviews. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Madam is um, a young man from Dabangulu, um, which is a town. Uh, but specifically, I'm from Mweba, which is an outskirt of that town. Mm. Um, it's a Mpondo nation kind of uh, vibe. I am born by a pastor and a oh, nurse. Oh, you're a PK. Yeah, I'm a PK. Oh, wow. Yay. Look, let's not judge, yeah? but uh, okay. um, yeah, so um, that's me. Um, I grew up there in the village, but mm. moved to townships. But you know the life of a PK, they travel a lot, so they take their family with. So I've been traveling, Tata, Port Elizabeth, that's where mm. I matriculated. Then I just was an individual who loves knowledge, you know, I love to know. 
Um, so inquisitive mind, you know, desire to help people, that's one plus one equals to medicine. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so I was like, okay. Um, yeah. Then into medicine, then, yeah, this is the damn deal. So. Okay, so first of all, I am so curious, and I think you guys are also curious. What's the meaning of dumb diesel? Okay, so I think I think people it's either if you're from the Kasi or if you're close, you'll understand that. For example, when you're growing up, mm -hmm. you always have people that you look up to who are your older brothers, mm -hmm. especially in the township. Yeah, but and we normally put the da as a sign of respect okay. for those people. You know, so then when you go to initiation school and you come back. You receive your own da, oh, you know, and then see. you become da ban ban, you know. Because I remember I had like older brother, oh da mali, da seida, da ban ban. When you come back, now the young ones can't call you by name. Oh, do they you give know? you a specific name or? Some, some random man just throws a name at you. And if really? it sticks, it sticks. Because, you know, some people just enjoy, you know, certain names, you know. Like, they can, you can be called da ex, but people are like, that eggs, mm. but they say dumb diesel, then all of a sudden, dumb diesel, dumb diesel. So and there's just, no really like a meaning, yeah. But it comes from my surname, Dolo. yeah. That's what I thought. Yeah, also, it comes from Dolo, then they were like, ah, dumb diesel, then ah. oh, and then you went with it. Mm. Wow, okay, yeah, at least now we know. All right, so how was life when you were growing up? I mean, uh, you are from deep in the rural village, how was um, life growing up? When it comes to school, when mm. it comes to you know friendships, the community, how mm. would you summarize that? So in overall, growing up, I spent a few years in the village, mm. um, but we always lived close enough so that we can travel back when we moved out. Mm. Um, living in the village was very peaceful, I must say, um, but access, of course, is a problem to quality education and so forth. And since my dad, before he was a pastor, he was a teacher, so he valued education a lot. Mm. So we moved now to better schools and he was a pastor, so we moved to different towns. We're in Mount Frey. Um, that environment of being a pastor's child, <laughs> you yeah. know, something else. Can you imagine? Yeah. Then um, we moved from Mount Frey to Mtata, Mtata, spent grade 8, 9, then moved again mm. to Port Elizabeth. Then when we got to Port Elizabeth, that way it actually became very real. Because at Kabeha, the problem is that my dad had to leave when I was starting my grade 12. So mm. now they had to figure out, am I going to change schools in grade 12? Or mm, am I going I to actually just stay? So we opted for me to stay and rent a place. Yeah. So I was living alone in grade 12. Really? Yeah. Yo, so that's hectic. Yeah, at first I also looked at it as a challenge. But then I realized, I don't know, some wisdom from somewhere. Mm. From somewhere. <laughs> Uh, came to me and I was like, I can actually use this to my advantage. So what, what you would find is that it's less regulated. You know, for example, when you're in high school, your parents, they worry, you must enter at home up before 6 p.m. Mm, and I was mm, closing the gate. Mm. I never had that. Yeah. I would run study sessions till 11 p.m. and run home. You know, no one is going to ask me yeah, anything. Yeah, why know? come late exactly. and stuff like so that. So I think I used that to my advantage. But that was basically how I grew up then from Kabeha. I wanted to come to Cape Town, running away from parents. Little did I know that they're gonna follow me. <laughs> wow, which means actually you've been wise long before. Because I mean, if you're a teenager, you're in metric, you're living, you know, you have your own apartment or yeah, space whatsoever. Yeah. People will be thinking of throwing house parties. They'll yeah. be thinking of, you know, bringing girls in, mm. and you're just the thing you're thinking about is having longer study sessions, which is great. <laughs> 
I feel like I'm such a nerd. <laughs> Not really, yeah, but like, I, I mean, it, it got you where you are mm, now. Mm. Um, I mean, you, you would have maybe looked like a nerd back mm. then, but then mm. now that you are here, we're like, oh, okay, actually, you're probably glad that you mm. actually took that fact, decision. Fact. Yeah. It was a big one because I think normally at the time, people can relate. There were popular things that were happening, like Okona's things called Iskotan. Mm. Not sure if you've mm. heard of them. No, they, I knew them. They were know, in my school. Exactly, yeah. like they were carrying my ultramel, you know, <laughs> like my cavela. Every child wanted to have that. But it is only when the realization hits that background was fun. Yeah. When I have a conversation with my friends, their only dream is to own a taxi within the township. Mm. Some people want to own a certain industry within the township. Mm. Then you realize that if this is all about life, then this is not something that I really mm. want, you know? Like you have a conversation, you ask, actually my mom was also someone who's quite open with our finances at home. Like, the kids would come home like, ah, I'm gonna talk to my mom, then you get there, their families, well, they hold income income, uh, which is a grant. Mm. Then what happens is that, your parents tell you, we don't have money for that. Yeah. And you need to understand that we're doing the best that we can. So those, my parents were very open with that. Mm. And now it creates an understanding that allows you to adapt accordingly. Now you need to think, about my parents can afford. Then what is the one thing that I can do now to ensure that I change the situation at home? I think when the realization hits, trust me, your life is going to be shaped very differently. Mm. That's so deep. That's so deep. Come <laughs> on, Oh, so tell mm. us when did you realize that actually you want to be a doctor? Yeah, I think a lot of people that you know you ask about this question, maybe they might be like, Oh, I've always wanted to be a doctor. Mm. Me, it was never necessarily about being a doctor. I think also it was a combination of things. Let me start here. My mom is a nurse mm -hmm. who wanted to be a doctor. Mm. Yeah? So, um, you can imagine the influence that she's going to have. Yeah. And then, of course, genetics. So, she's such a caring person. She loves people. She loves her job. Like, she feels most fulfilled when she's serving people. Mm. Then my dad is a pastor. What do pastors do? They serve people. Yeah. So, now in your so mind. So, it runs in your family. Uh, service, service, service. <laughs> yeah. So, that's how you define true satisfaction. Mm. So, in my, back on my mind, I knew that I wanted to serve people. But it also came to, um, of course, the marks and enjoyment. At first, in grade 11, my marks were poor, so I didn't even consider it. I only decided when I was in grade 12. I was like, really? okay, it's time to apply now. Let's think about it. Then I actually started reflecting. I had previous experiences with the doctors that really shaped how I think about it. I was like, wow, these people are making a difference. Mm. And the marks were allowing. And I wanted to help people. And, and, and. So I was like, okay, let me make it my first option. Yeah, but mm. I want to be a doctor. This is how I'm going to help people. So are you trying to say you were not like a best performing student throughout your high school? Because I'm hearing you saying grade 11 was bad. So because you, come, you, you, you appear as the person who has been, you know, good academically from primary to secondary, mm. you know, and then grade 12 was a guarantee that you're going to kill it. Mm. But also I know that there are people who have been like, playing all along and then when it comes to grade 12 <laughs> distinctions and distinctions uh, so what i don't know what kind of a person were you so fair you, you caught me there you caught <laughs> me red-handed yeah um so i was not very like um a student that performs very like well mm. um i was one of those students who just chilling there in the back you know the back of the class kind of mm -hmm. like because you know me i love people you know yeah and i feel like the most genuine people that i meet 
are people that sit at the back of the class because yeah. they are comfortable in the you know mediocre and they quite chilled you know if they are notorious they are in it together mm-hmm. so I, I always found a family in those people so even when i was in grade eight you know, I was part of a, a group. We called ourselves a DLL. Yo. Daniel, It's giving gang vibes. Bruh. Oh, very notorious, those ones. Yo. We would do beatboxing, all these things, then painting on the walls, all mm. that. Um, then when I got to grade 10, I remember I moved to Kabecha now. I went to Douglas and Bob. When I got there, I still joined another gang. <laughs> I call them a gang because I managed it anyway. Um, we called ourselves now Ama ITC. Ama I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> like it I, was the pits. Because, like. I just would, have vibes that you ended up being a scotter. It just looks like. No, no, something. no. I actually had a friend who went into the scotter vibes. He made me realize that I don't have money. <laughs> like, oh, but you me. wanted to be. In like, it. look, if, if I had the resources, I'm not lying to you. Like, I would be. be. <laughs> I'll be doing the things. I'm not, I'm not lying to you. Oh, but anyway, um, resources are my inhibition. Yeah. Maybe, maybe parents' prayers. I don't know. <laughs> but um, yeah, so I joined those guys. But what happened is that when the reality hit, as I mentioned, Oguti, look, your marks are going down. You're coming from a family that can't really afford much. Mm. Like, they're not like they have a reserve money for you to go to university or anything. Like, whatever you do now really determines your future. Mm. And the constant voices of the teachers telling you, you have potential, now marks come back zero out of Ndondon. You know, like, but Ndanam, you have potential. So, mm. and you also get to a point where now your brother, my brother as well, was starting to do well academically. Mm. So, my parents would be like, What's going on? Was yeah. he was he ahead? Of yeah, like, one grade ahead of oh. me. Yeah, one grade ahead of me. Um, so Valenge, it was that. Then I sat down this other time and I was like, I need to get my things together. Mm. Nah. So when you hit that rock bottom, that's what I normally tell people is that our rock bottoms are different. But once you hit your rock bottom, you realize you can't go any further down. Mm. You need to start w- making your way up. And any movement towards up, it's going to be progress. Mm. So that's what I started doing. Like, there was no steps to do. Now we share steps to do hey, this. Hey, study tips. And... It was hey. do or die. Exactly. Now, for me, it was literally a do or die. Because my marks, when I was in, I got to grade 11 June, my marks came back. It was like threes, fours, threes, mm. fours. And I'm like, where am I gonna go with these bags? <laughs> like, yeah, if it takes a drive, I'm like, yeah, that's yeah. where I'm gonna go. So I was like, do or die. So I literally went all out from there. I would set up meetings with teachers, like, teacher, help me. How do I, you know, your subject, how do yeah. I go about it? Like, I would have all these things, do all these things the best that I can. Then eventually my mark started improving. Then I would even bribe, actually. Yeah, I, I bribe my friends. So what I would do, it's a strategic thing I would do. So for example, I would study a lot of life science. Mm-hmm. Then I know that some friend of mine who's good in math struggles with life science. Then I'd bribe information. I'd be like, Chief, look, me, I mastered that topic. <laughs> you saw in that class where I got 10 out of 10. Yeah. When you got 5. Yeah. Look, teach me this. I yeah. remember you in this ah, one. You know? You're very smart. Exactly. Or sometimes I buy ghost clothes. You know, I'm like, mm. okay, with the little money I have, let me buy this guy ghost clothes. I'm like, man, two hours of your time, man, let's just show me how this thing mm. goes. They don't know. It's subtle, you know? But yeah, then all those efforts basically culminated in me trying to do well, eventually getting like three distinctions in my grade 11 final. Mm. But others were like sixes and fives. But mm. my distinctions were in the key subjects, like your maths, your physics, and your 
Yeah, that was a major improvement. Mm. Then I was like, okay, I've got these under control. Now let's fight for the other subjects as well. Grade 12, first term, seven distinctions. Wow. Throughout the year. So what did you have to do specifically? Like, what did you change for your marks to go from that to, like, the seven distinctions you got mm. in metric? All right. I cannot take credit away from tutoring programs. Mm. I would never do that. There is a tutoring program called Kutlanong Promets. It's all over South Africa, but more so in townships. What they do is that they take the best teachers in different schools according to their marks in their subjects, like maths and science. Mm. And then they pay them to teach on Saturdays, Sundays, and sometimes Fridays. Mm. You see? Then they, they do that in a township. They collect different students from different schools. Then they put them together on that Saturday. Then they teach them. So that's how they do it. So it's called Kutlano. Mm. That's a guy. It helps. That thing. The, the problem here is that it can either bring you down because of peer pressure because <laughs> like uh, there are people high performing like oh, the 99s yeah. the hundreds then or it can bring you up oh, make you competitive yeah. but because of the state i was in at the time that transition state i was willing to do anything mm. you know i even got to a point where i started carrying two bags to school one bag was filled with textbooks all my textbooks that i would use mm. even if the subjects are not entering that day yeah one bag of textbooks one bag of books ne? Mm. then i would normally just appreciate walking to school and i would walk about 30 minutes to school just to think you know just to go through yeah. my mind be in my own thoughts and i even got to a point where this other girl asked me it was a friend of mine she was like damn jesus actually are you are you are you okay are you losing it because this is madness like, yeah that was a major tran transition and i was like you don't you don't see what I see. You don't feel what I feel. Mm. You know, like you're not clear when I'm Pumagi me, Pumagi me. What's fine? What What's funny is that in grade twelve, June, it was a trend to carry two bags at school. Oh, you said that. Because I was I was ceremony now when they came and they showed my damn this was performing well with the two bags. <laughs> <laughs> People are getting too bad. I'm just a spot out. It reminds me of yeah. something actually. I had a similar experience. Mm. So in class, I love Macheu, right? You know, number one Macheu. I love, I love it. And mm. usually it's associated with a stigma of you are sick. Hey, you know, yeah. it's for sick people and stuff like that. Yeah. But I love it. So I would carry a liter with me to yeah, school yeah. and would stay just right below my seat yeah. in class yeah, did yeah. not people bring my There's some formula like that my you don't yeah. think it's hard work you think it's a macheu. it's not hard exactly. work at all it's a macheu. exactly and people started mm. bringing because i think i started with two liters of water I was bringing, because it was hot where I'm from, from Pumalanga, so it was hot. I was carrying two liters of water, so I would drink that water throughout my classes. And put it People there. started bringing water, bring water, bring water. Exactly. I brought Macheu. Exactly. People were now bringing Macheu exactly. to class. Trendsetter. Since now you were getting, like you say, you were getting seven distinctions mm. in first term. Mm. What adjustments did you have to make? What key adjustments? Because... You told us that you were a very playful person, mm. you loved people, mm. and you spent your time, you know, doing other stuff. Mm. And now you, you hit rock bottom, as you've yeah. said, and you realize that actually you need to time improve. So what is it, what are the key specific things you'd say that, okay, I had to change this, I had to cut off that, mm. I had to do that? First of all, I think the obvious one, mm. the friend group. Mm -hmm. um, okay, let me start like this. Let me start from inside outside. Yeah. I think you need to let go of different things. Mm. Yeah? From internally, you need to let go of people's expectations. 
you need to let go of the desire to please people mm. you need to let go of other people's dreams you need to hold on to who you want to be mm. you need to define what the future looks like for you yeah the clearer you are about your own future it's easier to reach for it have you ever tried to solve a big puzzle without knowing what it looks like at the end mm, yeah that's a the recipe for failure so the clearer you are about what you want to do the better the chances of you actually getting there mm. right so that's what i had to change inside me right once i was clear it was like a light bulb moment you know it's like in the world was dark and i was in the light i think yeah. also this is one key thing mm. that i need like people to always understand and it is one key thing that i always think about when i like make study tips videos mm. because back then I didn't have any study tips. I didn't to watch any YouTube channel to get exactly. study tips. It came from internally. Mm. I had self-discipline, mm. self-motivation mm. and stuff like that. Mm. And study tips, yes, they are helpful. You mm. know, you can learn new skills, That's how to true. do, That's you know, true. stuff easier, mm. how to study better and stuff like that. But if you do not have that self-discipline and that motivation, Intrinsic. It, it won't work. Exactly. So I just love how you started answering the mm. question based on what changed within, within. you. Because exactly. if nothing happened within you, teachers would literally be just barking mm. and barking. You wouldn't hear anything. Exactly. So, yeah. So a lot of people like to use the external environment to change inside. Mm. But it actually should be the inside that is informed to change the outside. Yeah. For example, that's why they watch a lot of motivational videos. They're looking for something external to stimulate something within. Mm. But if you take the time to work on yourself to redefine your inner abilities, your inner desires, your inner who am I, who do I want to be, what's my situation, where do I come from, yeah. you know, where do I want to see myself, do I even fit in in this space? Then once you're clear there, it's easier now to have an internal drive that's more long-lasting than some external drive. Mm. Okay, then after that, I went to now, okay, look, my internal drive is forcing me to change certain things externally. My internal drive is telling me that I can't really hang out with the people that I was hanging out with. Yeah. Because I even tried, I was like, okay, let me ask them to, let's study my shit. They're like, Inoni? <laughs> From where? Now? Who do you think you are? Exactly. So it really showed that you can't. Once your internal drive changes, like you can't be in the same environment. So now I was trying to polish up my environment. What I did, I started, you know, removing myself. I didn't even say anything. Mm. And I remember this other time they were like, hey, treat away, Joe. Yeah. And because I was not hanging out with them quite often anymore, mm. you know, like they'd be like, don't have my sambin, don't don't break time. I'm like, nah, gents, I, I think I live to look at something first. I know quite well that half of my break I'm gonna eat, half of my break I wanna work yeah, on the classwork, yeah, yeah. work on that homework, you know. Like, then after that, you design certain rules for yourself according to your process. Okay, let me engage the teacher every time a term starts and find out but from that subject what topics are we going to cover mm. and in what order we're going to cover mm. them why because i want to stay ahead yeah it's just that desire you know yeah. i want to stay ahead then once you stay ahead you're like okay i'm playing catch up with the teacher yeah well she's catching up to me or he's catching up to me then i move mm. so it was that game then you start thinking okay how can what can i do okay i think i need a study group then i was like okay how do i start an effective study group then we had an award ceremony and then they announced the top 10 and I was like, oh, the top 10 is made from friendly people. Mm. Let me start with this top 10. Mm -hmm. I approached every one of them. 
And then I was like, okay, let me let me start by telling them how it's going to benefit them. And I'm like, imagine studying with the top 10 <laughs> men working together. Yo, ne? you sound very strategic. <laughs> and like the thing is, you don't think about this. When, when, but on retrospect, you're like, yeah. hectic. <laughs> yeah. Then I approached all of them. They agreed. Now, so every time for just in an hour or an hour and a half after school, get together. Maybe we're doing physics. We're doing different things. But like just having someone's perspective around you, mm. just having someone who's also pushing mm. with the same drive. Then they were like, should we allow people to come into our study? And I'm like, let's try something. Allow them and see if they won't fall off. They came in, they were falling off. They were falling off. Then we got to a point where like, well, let's not allow them because it's disrupting. Let's rather just ask where we can help them. Then they get that help, then they can go back to whatever study group they were in. So we started there. I remember mm. it got so intense to a point where I'm not proud of this, but it happened. I went home, I, I went to all these multiple study groups that I had. Um, then I came back at around 11. Then I was like, yo, I need to study alone for something because I still need to be ahead. Yeah. From 11, I studied, I studied, I studied until the early hours of the morning. Did yo. I not tell you that I just took a young one hour nap? I woke up, I brushed my teeth, I washed my face, put on roll on, yo, same uniform, same shirt, same ah. everything. I went back to school. Yo. Like it was so intense. That's why I'm saying that the power of that internal drive is unshakable. That's true dedication. It is unshakable. Like you do the craziest things. Mm. Yo, like guys, the things I will tell you like <laughs> Yeah, I know. I also have my stories. I won't share. I, I wanna maintain my dignity. <laughs> yeah. Maybe one day we'll we'll, we'll yeah. switch roles and we'll interview you. Okay, now let's talk about your metric results. Yeah. If you can remember them at the top of your head, like the main subjects, what did you get? You'll forgive me if you catch me out on a lie here. <laughs> it's fine. But um, I remember for physics, I got a 98. Yeah. Uh, for maths, I got a 95. For LO, was it a 90 or a 92? For the course, it was a 92. Then Yo. for... Um, uh, English 83, consumer studies 83. What did I not mention? Yeah, mainly those. Mm, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That, those are actually brilliant mm. results, hey. Yeah. Especially that LO1 because life orientation grade 12 was bruh, really hard. Bruh. You had to actually sit down and, actually and study, study the it. textbook. Yeah. So, did you expect those results? To be honest with you, when I was in grade 11, I would not have said the same thing that I would say in grade 12. Mm. In grade 12, I did expect to get, because first term I got seven distinctions. Then what normally happens is that when people go to second term, then marks dropped. Mine didn't. They went mm, up. They went up, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I was working hard and I was really structuring my goals. Like I was really shaping my goals. Like, okay, these marks are here now. Let me do something to add on to mm. increase the marks, you know. So I kept trying to increase. Maybe in September they didn't increase much. They were playing around. But all of them are still distinctions. But my aim was that I just want them all above 90. Ooh, I was like, yeah. I just want them there. Then. So it was expected. I was, I was not even worried. I was, yeah. Because at the end of the day, when the results came out, um, my friends called, you know, during the time, you remember the, they used to come out in the paper, we had to wait in the garage, mm -hmm. night vibes. So my friends were calling me, hey man, we're not asleep here, we're waiting for the results, where are you? Come through. And I'm like, relax. 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 You know what I was like? We're sleeping. No, fam, <laughs> I was in another town. I was in East London, mm. at the Provincial Awards. Oh, ne? okay. I, was, I received an invite. Goals. Goals. 
from the minister to say that you're invited to be part of the top 52 performing students mm. in the Eastern Cape. So we were invited there. So we had a dinner where we're going to be top and receive our results. Wow. So me, I was in a hotel room, my friend calling me. I'm like, no, my brother, me, hey. I'm sleeping now. My eyes are white. I'm <laughs> just kidding. But what? Yeah. Imagine from, mm. from a, becoming a member of the ITC to being at a hotel with no ministers. This transition is... It's possible. Your... It's possible. That's why I'm saying internal drive. It's possible. Okay. Mm. Let's talk about med school now. Mm -hmm. um, how was it coming from like growing from a rural area a mm. village mm. to coming to this big university now at uct as a medical student how how was it for you how do you feel Yo, it was a shocker mm. it was a shock to the system it's like someone was electrocuting you to wake up because when you when you're in high school and you're a dreamer you dream about this nice vibe you know like all the things you see on tv university should be but you realize that when you come here, the environment is totally different. Mm -mm. Yeah. University, it was a shocker to me. That is why I fell into something called imposter syndrome. Mm. Yeah. That intense feeling of feeling like you do not belong, yeah. like you do not deserve to be here. I'm telling you that I never had a laptop. I never knew how Word or these mm. Excel don't, don't work until I got to university. Yeah. You know, I got my first laptop from those awards that I was talking to you now mm. about. So I was like, when people got into, uh, people are opening computers, I'm like, what are, what are these things Mac for? Macbooks. Macbooks. Like, what are these for? Yeah. You know, people raising hand, asking questions. I'm like, yeah. <sighs> and there was a, even a point where I didn't know whether it was my ears, but I just couldn't understand the English. Oh, it was just yeah. moving very fast for me because... Ish. English, now we didn't even speak it at school. Who, who are you going to speak English to? Mm. Like, mm. it was Hosa. English was taught in Hosa. Everything, everything was taught in Hosa. Like, even when you don't understand me, Tata, Leo, Dibansanale. You know, like, yeah. so now you get to an institution where it's primarily English. So that's why I'm like, imagine now if I was in an African institution. Yeah. And it's not even basic English, it's medicine English. Exactly. So sure. for me, it was a, a really shocker yeah, that I really like went down. And also the first physics test, they were like, uh, so yeah, <laughs> there's, there's a humbling physics test. I was going to ask you actually, what was your most humbling marks, like your most physics. humbling experience? Bah. I was literally on the border. So um, I think I, re I received for that test, um, they were like, most they told us to relax. They mm. were like, yeah, no need to prepare for this test. No, you'll be fine. Then they're like, okay, test day, everyone is relaxed. I was sitting in the front row as I normally do mm. in high school. I sat and I was writing and I looked back and I realized everyone was looking at the ceiling, <laughs> looking elsewhere. Then the marks came out, it was a 52. Mm. And I'm like, I barely made it. Yeah. I don't know. I felt a little bit of joy because I thought I failed. But at the oh, same time, I was like, like, what? That's varsity for you. What? I get a 52. I just, what? Thank God. So, and the voices that when I was telling people about this experience, there were a lot of voices that were pushing me to mediocrity. It was mm. like 51 is a pass. 52 is a distinction. Yeah. I almost fell into that trap of believing in that mediocrity. But in essence, thankful, uh, I'm thankful for the people that were around me that really helped me to pull out from that. 
but that's the university institution that I came into. Mm. One that makes you feel like you don't belong and one where you fail and they normalize failure. They normalize mediocrity yeah. as if you do not deserve to excel or you do not deserve to have higher marks. Mm. So you graduated while you were in med school and a lot of people don't understand how did that happen did you do a degree before you got into med school what is it just explain it to us Pongo. <laughs> <Kolinole. Kolinole. laughs> just kidding, just kidding. Uh, but anyway um yeah so how it goes is that uct being at uct is a privilege mm. in the sense that they very research-based they love research they love people who want to change the status quo, you know, make a difference. They are not kind of happy with where the medical space is and they would like to see it, you know, improving further. So in that respect, what they decided to do is that they allow medical students to get a background of research, mm. you know, so that even after their degree, when they want to actually proceed and do research, they don't struggle much. So how they did this is that they introduced something called molecular medicine. Mm -hmm part of being an intercalated program. To intercalate is to mix together. So what they did is that, let's create an intercalated program to allow second year medical students to apply for this program. How it will run is that it will, then in your third year, you are gonna do a BSc, ne? Yeah. One year BSc, ne? With your third year. They'll run at the same time throughout the year, ne? Mm. Then once they run at the same time throughout the year, it will, according to NQF qualifications, it will, it will basically be like a complete degree on its own. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Then, what happens is that we're going to give them an option. You did this BSc in molecular medicine. Do you want to do honors for this BSc that you did? Mm. Then, some students are like, no, I'm going to continue with medicine. I'm fine. I didn't enjoy research that much mm. anyway. Others are like, no, I'm going to do it later when I'm done. Mm. Others are like, let me go straight into it. Yeah. So you take a year out of medicine to do your honors. Ne? There are varying fields here. It's really beautiful. Like your infectious diseases, your immunology, your biochemistry, your neuroscience. Mm. Variety to choose from. Which ones do you do? I did neuroscience and physiology. Oh. Why? Tom Diesel wants to be a neurosurgeon one day. Really? Right. Um, so I love neuro. I love mm. the brain. I feel like it's one thing that we know nothing about. And there's so much more to discover. You yeah. know? It's still mind-boggling to this day. Mm. So it's really exciting for me. So, yeah, I did that. So now what they do after that is that you do your honours, and it's a proper honours, right? Yeah. It's an honours degree, you're done with one year, then oh, yeah. you choose. Then they okay. ask you, do you want to continue to do masters on its own? Or do you want to come back to do medicine alone? Or do you want to do both masters and medicine Yo. together? How much of a sacrifice do you want to make with your life? That's what they're mm. asking. Ne? Other students, they go for masters because they're like, look, I got into medicine, but I think it was a mistake. I mm. think I love my research. Mm. You know, they master's, PhD, whatever. Other students, they like, look, I think research, I'm fine. Ne? Then they continue with medicine. Yeah. Other students, they like, look, let's take this let's on take together. This together. I'm the student who was like, Look, my honors are fat now. <laughs> Let me go into medicine now. Yeah. Finish what I'm doing. Then, because the thing is, it is the quality of life that it's stealing, ne, that mm. I felt like I needed for myself. Because mm. social media, as well yeah. as other things, leadership, there was just so much. I was like, mm -mm, it's fine. I will do my master's afterwards. I mm. actually 
do you remember i think we were in first year or second year i think it was second year mm. where they were presenting to us these programs precisely, right precisely. they're like okay you can feature a year inside your your you know your med school and then now you're gonna do seven years instead of six years you can yeah. add two and then now you do eight years you can yeah. add three now you do nine years i was like i am nowhere going there right but also another thing i was like mm, actually maybe if i were to go there you know what mm. would it take and i remember saying that okay your average should be 75 percent <laughs> or above 75 percent in first year and second year i was like mm. ain't no way bro. ain't no way boy. ain't no way, ain't no way <laughs> that's not me so now yeah. I actually want to know because this means that mm. you were performing well, you know, in first mm. year and in second year. Mm. Now I want to know how did you do that? So I was performing well in my first year. Second year I had a bit of trouble because generally the year I feel like it was a bit difficult for me. And I started, I jumped into a lot of leadership positions. I think I was a chairperson of a society in mm. second year. I was you know, doing a lot of things. I was an orientation leader. I was... You know, yeah. Hey. <laughs> so I was like, that's not a good year to do all those things. You know, I could have just used that year to study. But uh, my marks went down a bit. I think my average was about 70 in second year. Really? Yeah. So That is good. Yeah, it went down though. But um, eventually I was like... So in the interviews now for this program, they're like, we see your marks went down from first year to second year. What happened? Then I showed them, I showed them the things that I do. Like, actually, for the things that you do, I mean, this is understandable. Mm, it's, it, mm. it's, it's points for you. It means that you have the ability to, some extent, cope with the different things that you do. I think that really worked in my favor. Mm, then, um, yeah, then we applied. Then I think the key there was the interview. They were not really caring much about the marks. There are people with marks. High marks, higher marks than mine, much higher marks than yeah. mine. Who dropped out in the first week, first two months, first don't know. Because I think we started up as a bunch of almost like uh, in uh, in Mohammed, I think almost close to 20, 25. Mm -hmm. I think when we ended, was it 15? Of those 15, I think only eight went into honors. Really? Of those who went into honors, I think only one or two are doing masters. <laughs> <Can I> do <laughs> <laughs> like yeah. it just keeps going down. So. It, it, they were focusing in the interview. Why? What's mm, your why? Why did you want to do it? You know? But for me, actually, I am interested in knowing how are you able to get that 70 average? How are you mm. able to get the good marks? Because honestly, mm. med school, in my own experience, was mm. really hard. Mm. Like, it still is right now. Mm. And I know there are also a lot of people right now who mm. are currently struggling to find you know the right study methods and mm. whatsoever and i do because i shared my story about my experience in second year mm. and i got a lot of people who related to that story mm. you know like yo we also don't know what to do mm. we are in that position so i think um i just want to know how were you able to cope how were you able to keep up with the work mm. in that year yeah, that year was a very difficult year, Mdasa. That year was a very difficult year. I think what really helped me a lot is that the people around me ne, were people that were very positive. Mm. Ne? So what they would do is that even after a test, we would not bring each other down. We would pull each other up. Yeah. Ne? I had a person in my life, my partner, who really also played that role of ensuring that we go at it mm. like i remember even this other time before that test what was it language of medicine long remember mm, long mm, mm, mm. that test we there were textbooks in front of us open of topics we haven't covered mm. and she was like look 
we are very intelligent people. Yeah. We're going to figure it out. Mm. Yeah? We went and we met other people who were also in the same boat and we're like, guys, we've got this. Let's push. Mm. So me, it was always that positive energy. And prayer. Mm, me, yeah. I pray a lot. So like, I pray a lot. Sometimes, I, that's why someone, if someone is like, would you ever start med school if you're the project? Never. <laughs> I've went through things that if not yeah. for prayer, I would not I would have gone through. Yeah. So I would never start this degree. I would go mm. study something else. <laughs> like, <laughs> given the opportunity. <laughs> but it was a combination of things. And also trying to figure out what works for you. Mm-hmm. Um, once I figured out what works for you, sometimes flashcards do work, but what I would suggest is that figuring out what works for you when. Yeah. There are things that are just so content dense that you can't do flashcards because you have to still review and mm. it's hard to review. So figuring out what works for you and how your memory works and working ahead, all those combination things ne, and sacrificing a lot. Ne. I think my challenge was managing mm. my time because I remember exactly. in that year we had um, lectures from 8 and then we were ending at 5 p.m. So it was difficult for me to actually mm. like balance mm. when it comes to school and still living a life, you exactly. know, and still going back to actually study. Mm. So how did you find the balance? I think also the balance was also difficult for me. I think that's why my marks dropped yeah. as well because <laughs> I also wanted to live a life because I had meetings to attend. I had mm. things to do. But I think when you're in an uncomfortable position like that one, it pushes you to think beyond. Like yeah. that schedule thing, it, it's not an option. You must have yeah. a schedule, otherwise you'll miss a meeting. You must have mm. a schedule, otherwise you'll do that. You know, even when going into mall med, doing that two degrees, it forces you to have a schedule. When, when everyone else is going home, you're still attending lectures. Yeah. Ne? Until like 8 p.m., 7 p.m., you're still attending lectures. Mm. Then when you get home, other you can't like, okay, now let me just procrastinate. Like there's always that pressure. So I think that uncomfortable environment forced me in a corner where I was like, I have to schedule things. Yeah. Where I, I would even use my... I, I saw you made another video about calendaring and whatnot. Started yeah, yeah, that yeah. really worked for me, bro. Yeah. Like, guys, watch, <laughs> hey, watch those videos, my friend. That's not a lie, yeah? Like, that really works for me. The, I realized that the further ahead I can plan, the better and easier better my life will be. Yeah. Now, because if I can schedule, look, all my shifts for this are here. All my meetings are this. All my lectures are like this. All my things are like this. I know what blocks of time I can manipulate to study. Mm. Now, and I respect the time. You know this concept of illusion of time? The thing of like, no, it's an eight-week block. We still have time. Oh, yeah. It would get me a lot in second year. But no, we still have a bit of time. But when I started the scheduling thing, I realized there is no time. There exactly. is no time. There is no time. So it really helps uh, with everything. Yeah. Oh, okay. Now let's talk about Dam Diesel on TikTok. Hey. The one that a lot of people know hey. and what a lot of people know you for. So how did you start creating content on social media? <laughs> yeah, I started singing. Yeah, I know. I actually know that because I mean, hey. yeah. I love singing so much, guys. I love singing so much. I love music, generally. Mm. Like, even if you go to the following people that I'm following on TikTok, it's always, it's always music, music, people, music, music groups. Like, I love having that on my For You page. Yeah. So That's how, how I started. How did you start then creating, you know, study tips, motivation for high school students? What inspired you to actually create Who that? Who went on What's that mean? Who went on I am your role model. The thing is, role model I am, guys. Like, the thing is, to be honest with you, what happened is that I realized that there's a lack of information mm. and a lot of people are suffering because of that. Mm. 
Yeah. I remember when I went back home and people were asking me so many questions. They were just basic questions, but they just didn't have access yeah, to that information. Yeah. It was so basic, like Yo. maybe like where do I download past papers? Mm, mm. Or where do I where do NPT. How long is medicine? How long the is degree? medicine? How yeah. do I apply? Like, it's basic questions and information is there. They just can't access it. Mm. And I realized that, then I shared with people like certain things about my journey and I realized that by just being yourself and sharing your experience, a lot of people get touched. Yeah. You know, like, oh, I'm sure you've been I, receiving messages from people yeah, like... Yeah, exactly. Like, that's how I also like sort of started because... Mm. People just asked me, how did you perform in med school? I was just mm. shooting a random TikTok saying I'm a medical student at mm. UCT, you know? Mm. Um, I was just new on TikTok that time. And then mm. when people were like, okay, how did you perform in high school? And then I was just like, oh, casually, I got 98 in physics. Da, 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 da. Mm. And then now everyone just started asking wow. me, how did you what? do it? Tell us. This Tell and us. that, mm. you know? And that's when I realized that, wow, wow. people actually need help. People actually mm. need information. Bruh. That is when I was like, okay, actually, let me share. How why did I not? get here? You know, why, why not? not? And then that's you where know? I started a YouTube channel. Mm. And I was like, okay, let me actually share to people. How did exactly. I get here? How do I do this? Exactly. So, yeah, I do understand what you're talking mm. about. And also, this content that we are doing, there are few people who do it mm. to a point where it can become overwhelming if... Like, wow. you are the only one who does it. Man. And mm. actually, I was glad seeing you, you know, creating the same mm. content because mm. now it means that people can get information from somewhere else when I am Different not creating. Perspectives as well, yes. exactly. Because sometimes, mm. you know, I wouldn't feel like shooting a TikTok video, you know. But you're like, yeah. Oh, about then, they need you know, this? DMs, mm. you know, people are asking about a lot of stuff. So yeah. now I'm like, okay, if I don't talk about MBT, Dam Diesel is talking exactly. about MBT. Exactly. If I'm not talking about trial exams exactly. Diesel is talking exactly. about trial someone exams. Has you know someone people. is doing mm. the same content as mm. me so yeah I think yeah. now what really stood out for me is that concept of saying that there's enough room at the top for everyone mm. and another concept that I like sharing on my TikTok Ugoti, let's climb the ladder hold it there for someone else yeah I love that you know too. because that's the only way we can create a pipeline and I realize this topic that you're talking about now in terms of impact you know when you help a student you're not only helping that student, you're helping that entire family. Yeah. Hey. I realized that when um, a parent texted me that my child basically is now getting better marks because I showed them mm. your video. And now my child is basically my only hope. Oh, wow. Meaning that that child now is standing in a chance to improve. I mean, look, it's not a, it's not a burden we want to put on the child. But at the end of the day, it is a light that we want to embrace. You're going yeah. to, now there's hope for that family. Mm. Because of a video that you decided while sitting exactly. there or something, be like, let me just share something. So it's the impact. It, oh. it definitely is the impact. So um, what are your future plans? Like, what do you want to specialize in? You did mention that mm. you like a neuro. So mm. do you want to be a neurologist or a neurosurgeon? So I'm not going to lie to you. I'm in a journey of redefining who I want to be and what I want to do mm. and the impact I want to have. So in my heart of hearts, I know that neuro is definitely where I want to go. Neurosurgery, neurology, but mainly neurosurgery, like cutting. Mm, mm. But um, that's where I want to go. But there's a part of me that also enjoys a lot of research as well. Mm, and I see. the concept of business. 
going to be yeah. complex. But and TikTok as well. Like, TikTok, social <laughs> media, like, it's still going to be amazing, guys. Okay. Like, I'm looking forward to this journey. All right, so uh, what can we expect from you? I saw that you are coming back on YouTube. Boop, 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 yes. boop, boop, boop. Don't subscribe to Jump Diesel's <laughs> channel, guys. Jump Diesel's channel, you don't subscribe to my follower, Period. And that's on pay. Wow, okay, so you're coming back to YouTube and yeah, for sure, people are looking forward to that. Yeah. So um, let's just touch brief when it comes to your internship. Do you want to mm. go back home in Eastern Cape and work there? Where do you want to do your internship? Uh, my thoughts is that's definitely not Cape Town. I would have loved Cape Town, but it's very expensive, guys. Mm. And mm. for a person who's starting up and not having like... A setter's baseline, you really want to start off somewhere where you can afford things. Yeah. But so I'm thinking of either going back to the Eastern Cape or actually going to KZN because KZN is actually quite close to my village. Closer, yeah, okay. it's about a few hours, like two hours, three hours. So mm. it's actually quite closer in that way. Um, and it depends also on the life that I want to have with the partner that I have currently, where do we want to be? So, mm. wherever mm. we decide, you know, you don't people make decisions for yourself partners. now, you <laughs> know? You, you strategize and okay. see what makes sense for mm -hmm. the both of you in terms of starting a life and all of that. My family as well, you know, yeah. my baby sister, what's going to happen with her. So there's a lot of decision making still need to be done. So, yeah. Okay. So what advice would you give um, your friends out there or a high school student who want to study medicine or they are someone who's looking up to Dam Diesel? Keep watching our videos. <laughs> That sounds like yeah. a threat. <laughs> that sounds like a threat. But no, to be honest with you, like um, always exposing yourself to inspiration helps you keep going as mm. well. Um, it's that external thing that you need. But as I've mentioned, that starts internally. Right, have that something inside you that wants to change and wants to do better so that you can inspire the outside. Then keep consuming this content, but at the same time, use it. Yeah. I see a lot of people, they ask me the same question because they, I give the content, then they watch it, they're like, wow, this is a great idea. Mm -hmm. Using it, dollar. Yeah. So no. use the content, learn from it, and actually apply it. Run experiments on your own life with the advice that we give. Mm. Then you'll see what works. Then share the knowledge. Right? Climb the ladder and leave it there for someone else to climb too. Okay. Mm. Wow. We've come to the end of this episode. Thank you so much for watching up until this far. If you've reached this point, please comment using purple hearts purple hearts on the comment section yeah, well. so that we see that you are the real one and you actually watched up until this far yeah, you are. and if you are a health sciences student or a health professional and mm. you would like to come to medchats please write me an email on becomingdrandy at gmail.com and we will definitely make it happen and keep on requesting the guests that you want to see guys you see i brought you dumb diesel yeah, so well. definitely i can bring you the next guest you want to see here and also please don't forget to subscribe to my YouTube channel, to his YouTube channel, and follow us on TikTok at Becoming Dr. Andy yeah. at Dam Diesel. And please like this video and share with those who might need to see this. I'll mm. see you again on the next episode. Salute! <laughs> but, Nazakaya, me, I'm giving you your flowers on behalf of your viewers there. Ogochi, yeah. you must be proud of yourself, Mchan. The journey that you've come. Ne? 
first of all from never knowing that you'd be here and having the impact that you're having now and like setting up guys i'm not going to even start on how many hours that takes and the editing and the whatnot yes. while doing medicine yeah. at the same time but valuing your people so much that you're going to be consistent for them mm. right where there was no financial gain at first so Ndaneyami must be proud of yourself and we are proud of you and i'm sure the people in the comment ah, section are gonna lay it down and say so much thank you so much guys i try that. it's you really hard that. but i do try hey? mm, i don't know we appreciate